here. We are the new Locked On NFL alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I'm Brian Peacock taking you around the league on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the show, all your favorite places and podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock and you can follow Matt at Williamson. NFL, And I'm excited to talk to Mike Sando today. He is our guest. We're going to get into the quarterback tiers that he dropped that sent shockwaves throughout the NFL community. And and basically, Mike, my goal today is to not ruin the rapport Matt has built with you here on the program and dating back to your all your years together at ESPN. So welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be here. Now, welcome to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. I've had a lot of fun with Matt and uh, I'm excited to jump on here. Hopefully, often and weekly, we can keep this thing going with you uh, and Matt. And so uh, I'm looking forward to it. And folks, we are planning on bringing Mike back every Thursday. He's been an awesome contributor. Um, So that's the plan going forward, too. So now it's just three of us. It's an extra voice, and it's going to be good stuff. So pretty excited. Let's roll. Absolutely excited about it. And first of all, congrats, Mike, on your new role, senior writer at The Athletic. And I'm excited to see where that goes and and where you're able to take this thing on the new platform there. The quarterback tiers of 2019 has dropped 55 coaches and executives ranked all NFL starting quarterbacks into one of five tiers. For those of you who have not read it, and if you haven't, you got to go to theathletic.com and check that out. And uh, my big takeaway from it, or my initial takeaway, at least from it was how large tier number one was with eight quarterbacks, all of them very familiar names. Was that something that surprised you, Mike, when you did this thing and pulled coaches around the league? I guess in retrospect, not, because you look at all those guys and you could make a case for them, but it is the biggest we've ever had for Tier 1. I think it speaks to a couple things going on. Number one, the old guys aren't going away, right? I mean, so Brady and Breeze, uh, Rodgers is even an older player, Phil Rivers, Roethlisberger. You would think by the time they reach this age that, three of those guys might be gone. Instead, what's happened is they're still there. Luck comes back from injury, and, oh, yeah, you add Pat Mahomes. So I guess here we are. I was struck by the other end of this thing, too. The last-placed guy was Josh Rosen. He's not a terrible guy to have to look at. I mean, we don't know if he's going to be good, but you'd be a lot more excited about him than a Matt Castle or some of those other guys who were starters in past years. Mike, I think that's really well said because I think it's it's sort of a misconception that – boy, there's a quarterback shortage. I'm not sure there's that many teams that are unhappy or desperate at the position. I mean, at least there's hope. Yep, exactly. So if you look at the league, there's always been someone who hates their position and they know they're, they've got no chance. And so, you know, Miami is probably the closest to that with Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, who knows what you're going to get from Josh Rosen. But they already publicly declared that this is year one of a long-term rebuild. They'll look at Rosen and they can draft somebody in the top five next year. So that's not a desperate situation for a first-year staff and a, and a GM who just got you know sort of full control um, of the team. So I'm with you. I think it's a pretty good situation. Um, you know, when Jacksonville, which was in really a, you know dire straits at quarterback, they have a guy who's won a Super Bowl now. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a good point. And one more question about t- tier one for me is, did it shock you? You know, you look at Rodgers and Brady right at the top, and you can just brush right over that. Like, oh, yeah, they're both going to Hall of Fame. They're all-time greats. They're amazing. There's, you know, Patriots won the Super Bowl. But I wonder if you got more brushback from NFL people saying, well, maybe Brady's starting to show a little decline, maybe not quite the same at the end of the year. 
It wasn't the typical Rodgers year. Did you get a little more negativity from those two than you have in previous years? Yes, in different ways. For Brady, there were a couple people who were just extremely hard graders um, who basically may have said, hey, only, let's just say, Mahomes and Rodgers are just different in all regards, physically, in their ability to play the position. Those are true ones, no matter what's around them. And I think Brady, for as great as he is, commanding leader and all that, they've got a great system set up for him. They've become a little bit more – they're a balanced team that runs it, takes some pressure off of him, great coaching, all of that. That's the harshest thing. For Rodgers, even though he got the most ones, it was ones where there's concern creeping in kind of on multiple fronts, just that, you know, people got a little tired of the um, him playing so much off schedule, sort of in defiance of McCarthy, you know, the fact that McCarthy and Ted Thompson have both sort of been run off and that Rogers was perceived to be behind McCarthy's demise. Um, You know, it has, he been anointed to the point where you can't coach him anymore. I think was, was a little bit of a concern with Rogers, not enough to where people are going to put him in a two yet, but I think he's going to get more criticism more directly if they made all these changes and it still doesn't look right. Like maybe the beginning of scrutinizing them, you know? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think it is. You know, there, there's been concerns about, Hey, he's been hurt a couple times lately, but um, you know, he needs to embrace an offense, play well within the system. In addition to all of his off schedule stuff. I think that's the thing about Mahomes that was so impressive is, he makes all the Rodgers plays off schedule, but he was really, you know, obviously loving and embracing and playing great within Andy Reid's offense. And when Rodgers does that, he's the best guy in the league. Mike, when I read this article, it didn't, I didn't put this together in this way until I made notes on it. And I have it listed here in, in tiers, tier one, two, three, and just have the names listed out. And I kind of realized now that uh, people were very willing to put guys in tier number one. And then, Tier two, it seems like as if there was a little tiptoeing involved because there's only six quarterbacks in tier number two. Some of those players I could see uh, people being very surprised to even see the name there or maybe arguing they're in in tier number one and then a massive tier number three. So for me, I'm wondering if there was some polarizing answers with guys like Matt Ryan, who's the first player to have votes in tier one, two and three from coaches and executives, and then a player like Goff, who I imagine is all over the map as well. Well, I, here's the way I see it is really if you're in Tier 1 or Tier 2, we feel like we can win a championship with you. Like we got a good chance to if we get things right around you. Whereas I feel like below that, you need a, not only a ton of support, but you need like stuff to really go right for you, right? I mean, um, Andy Dalton's probably not going to hoist a Lombardi, right? You know what I mean? He's in Tier sure. 3. So usually what we have is a – Tier one and two, it's sort of how do you divide it up? If you wanted to really look within tier one, there's four guys clearly in the top tier of tier one. That's Rogers, Grady, Breeze, Mahomes. And then there's this sort of, you know, rotational group, I'd almost call them. Luck, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Wilson. Any one of those guys could be at the top of tier two in any given year or the bottom of tier one in any given year. And this year they just sort of happen to come into the bottom of tier one for this reason. Um Luck showed he's healthy again, so um, everyone loves him when he's healthy. Rivers has cut down the interceptions. I think that helped him. And Wilson has gotten a team to the playoffs without having the elite Legion of Boom defense, right? So he got a little bit more credit, even then barely into Tier 1. Roethlisberger was, to me, a little bit of a surprise in Tier 1 because um, 
you know, I think that he, he leads the league in interceptions over the last three years and hasn't been as consistent. So I would see it a little differently than that. It's just sort of how do we divide up one and two? And once all those guys go into one, it doesn't mean we now pull a bunch of guys from three into two. Um, I think within two, which is Ryan, Wentz, Stafford, Watson, Goff, and Mayfield, the issues are, is it too soon for Mayfield? I don't know. Everyone loves them. They can't find anything they hate about them. And then is Goff getting too much credit from the coaches? Yeah. And does Stafford have to win a playoff game once ever? Right. I have a lot of those questions. And just back to the subject you brought up of that tier one, tier two border. If I were to do the ranks, which I know you didn't you know, rank them, you just accumulated all the data really well. Ben and my Steelers fans are going to fall off off their chair, but I think Ben is not a tier one guy. He threw a ton of passes, but too often put the ball in harm's way. And I thought his accuracy was much worse this year. Where I look at Matt Ryan and think he's a top five type of guy. I mean, I, I, did you get some people saying Ryan over Roethlisberger? You kind of insinuated that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I think the fact here, here's something that helps though. I mean. You got those Super Bowl rings and your Roethlisberger. You get a little bit of the mm-hmm. benefit of the doubt. So I think sure. he probably stays in Tier 1 a year longer than he should. And if it falls off this year, people are going to say, hey, you know what, Tier 1 guy? When you lost your targets, it really, really affected you. And you still had a good one in Juju, you know, and, and you should have done more. So I think the other thing they need to do is help him out a little bit more because they went to such extreme pass last year. So if their defense is a little better, they got a little more athletic there. Maybe it's easier for them to win the game without Roethlisberger throwing it all over the yard. You know, you try to balance out the offense a little bit. Maybe his interceptions come down, and it feels like Tier 1 again, even though, as you say, maybe it's maybe a real Tier 1 guy like Roethlisberger a few years ago would have been able to, you know, handle that additional volume and responsibility and be just fine. Coming up, we're going to look a little deeper into these tiers, some movers up and down the list, and maybe take a peek into the future some of these NFL quarterbacks. Dudes, listen up. Let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. I've told you about them many times. If you haven't tried it, you're out of your mind. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Guys, I never understood the pill thing. I mean, hey, you're going to make an appointment for an hour from now? I mean, Blue Chew works so much better. Um, Now, this isn't just for guys that can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra functionality to enhance their performance in the bedroom. That's all of you. Um, Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, zero awkwardness. Made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, they have a fantastic deal for all of you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment totally free when you use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All you're paying is $5 shipping, and you're getting way more than $5 worth of product. And the promo code is locked on. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast. I think Matt said something important earlier that should be 
restated here and that I'm sure some people got confused about is that these are not Mike Sando's rankings, you know, so <laughs> don't kill so, the messenger, right? Don't kill the messenger. And even though these aren't your rankings, I got to imagine there were some fan bases that got pretty angry about this. Was there one fan base in particular that got most angry about how their quarterback ended up getting ranked? Yeah, I'm going to give you three Kansas city. People said, how could Mahomes get seven tier two votes? And then really the seven tier two votes were just, Hey, awesome tier one season. You do it again, we'll put you in that club. That's wow. all. It's sort of like the, <laughs> the guys who vote for Hall of Fame and say you're not first ballot. You know, you know what I mean? It's just a little bit of that. So, okay. Then people said in Atlanta, Matt Ryan, if you're going to have eight guys in the top tier, how's Matt Ryan not one of them? I mean, how come he, and he's a top of tier two, but there's people who think he should be up there with Luck, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Wilson, the bottom of tier two. And, you know, I don't argue too loudly with him on that. And the third one's Carolina because Cam Newton comes in the top of tier three, I think he would have been in tier two if he was healthy. So I don't think there's much to talk about there other than I would give him a little more respect than that. I think he's he can be a two. I think he was doing pretty well in North Turner's offense until he got hurt. And if he's healthy, I think he'll be a two again this year. Yeah, that's a great yeah. point with Cam. He's the one that stuck out to me, too, at Big tier, time. tier yeah. three. And if you have someone like, say, Cam, and then you have Mariota and Trubisky and Darnold and, and Manning in the same tier, it – it doesn't quite add up all the way, especially if you're saying, okay, Mahomes, should prove it again, do it again this year, but then Cam, who's proved it for a while, and he had just had a down year and was obviously hurt and because of it, then uh, that kind of doesn't add up. So I can see why the Cam stuff is is uh, a little bit irking to some of the fans in Carolina, but then you mentioned something about the Tier 1 and how maybe it could be split in half and you have the top of Tier 1, the true Tier 1 guys, and then sort of the other guys who have gone on and off the tier one list in the past and if you take tier one split in half and take the large tier three as well and split that in half then I think you start to see how it it makes a lot more sense and then it gets a little bit closer with the tier two three guys that are that are maybe tier tier or at the top of tier three yep top of tier three are the classic other than Newton who's usually a two and he's been two four years in a row so he just people are wondering if the beginning of the end's happening with the shoulder and, and think he could be in a downward spiral. So fine. If they want to think that that's okay. But, but the other guys at the top of tier three, Kirk cousins, Prescott, those are classic guys who can look like a two when everything's right around them, you know? And so cousins was a two one year, but I don't think anyone's changed their opinion on him. I think he's a two and a half, just like, you know, some of these other guys, rivers, are a one and a half. They can kind of go back and forth. They're not necessarily just fully deserving of either label. Yeah, I mean, to me, Cousins is like the definition of a tier three. Yeah, so, yeah, you, you see Cousins as Andy Dalton. It's interesting to see Cousins and and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo on this list and very near each other on that tier three. And Kyle Shanahan, when he came to town, he wasn't even looking at players like Trubisky and Watson and Mahomes in the draft because he was like, you know what? I'm just going to sign Cousins when he's a free agent. And I, when I, when you look back on it, and even at the time you're thinking, okay, are you capping the potential for your offense because you're settling for a nice quarterback that you've worked with before and you like? And then it's funny because Garoppolo's now in that same tier and now he's tied to Garoppolo long-term. And But looking at Garoppolo, at least you have the the feeling that maybe Garoppolo is a guy who could get into that tier two if something goes right for the 49ers, where Cousins is kind of just, that's well, where he's going to be. Yeah, and actually a year ago, Garoppolo came in right on the border of two and three, and I put him into the twos last year because I think he got more two votes than in, than in any other category. So there's a lot of ex- there is excitement on Garoppolo, 
But at a certain point when you keep not playing because of injuries, you know, guys are going to downgrade you. So if you look at Garoppolo, he still got 15 votes in Tier 2 um, and 31 in Tier 3. And then, interestingly, this is what hurt him in the average, nine votes in Tier 4. And Tier 4 is is reserved for, hey, we, we've seen enough and we don't like you. We don't think we <laughs> start all year. Or it could be we just haven't seen enough. There's not enough information. So there's a number of people use the, the Tier 4 as a default you know, hey, we just need to see more on this guy, and that dragged him down. I still think people see him as a borderline 2-3, and let's just hope he can stay healthy. My hunch on Garoppolo is uh, maybe of all 32, he's maybe the most in limbo. You know, like, boy, he could go all the way up to a high 2. He'd get hurt again, and everyone's just going to wash their hands of the guy. You know, like, it's really an incomplete grade, which and he hasn't played that much football. Yep. No, and what's interesting about that is I think you can make a case for both Bay Area quarterbacks that way in Derek Carr, who's, yeah. who's ranked right with him. His car was a, seen as a ascending two a couple of years ago, and now people just want to bury him. So there's talent there with him as well. I think he's a volatile guy. Do you think Carr, have you seen enough and you don't like it and he's not going to be good, or do you still have hope? For me, I have hope, but with a huge asterisk. And I think the last staff knew this. I think Gruden knows it. He has to be protected. And I'm, I worry that Goff has to be that guy, too. And yep. that's fine. I mean, as long as you build your team accordingly, maybe you overspend on tackles in the draft and free agency, and you you know set him up to have a pretty stable pocket, I think he could be, at best, a tier two guy. But if he's running around like Deshaun Watson, he's a four. Interesting. Do you think they'll protect him well this year? Um... Mm, I mean, I think scheme will help. I think Gruden's still a good schemer. More weapons will make it difficult to blitz him as much and whatnot. But I don't love the line. So the question I'm asking is, is he going to be their quarterback a year from now? Because I think if it goes south there with him, he's going to bear the burn of it. He's going to be the fall guy. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And it might make another team really happy in the right landing spot. Yep, Gruden was quoted yesterday about how much he's liking what he sees from Nate Peterman. <laughs> that is odd. Yeah. What, what tier is Peterman in? <laughs> yeah. You know, and and people think that Carr's the type of guy who needs constant reinforcement. You know, and and John's not the type of guy to give you constant reinforcement. Man, wow. <laughs> Actually, I have a question for both of you guys, and Mike, you can go first along the same lines as Garoppolo and some of these guys who could are a little volatile, probably on this list, and can move one way or the other. And it's unlikely anyone will have a meteoric rise like Pat Mahomes did from last year to this year, but what quarterback do you see having the biggest jump on next year's list? It's a great question. I'm going to buy time as I scroll. Okay. I, Wentz. Wentz, Wentz, Wentz. Okay, Matt, you first. Why Wentz? <laughs> yeah, you got Wentz. You think he, Wentz goes to a one? Yeah, I do. I think he was a one before injury. I think he played with two injuries. They might be my pick to win the Super Bowl. I'm totally smitten with Wentz. He may be... Second, third, something along those lines. Wow, because I, I, I mean, I guess so if he's healthy. Um, right. But do you think that I, – I know there's everyone loves everything about him, but do you think he's shown he can carry it when he doesn't have a bunch of support around him or it's not going to matter because they're going to have good support? Both. Uh, again, okay. I'm very much in his corner. Apparently they agree with me with their wallet. Um, yeah. I think he's a total package, yeah. Okay, so for me, Darnold was the last guy in Tier 3. I would say he has the potential to climb up. 
um, this coming season. I think Garoppolo certainly does. I think, you know, Prescott, not a ton, but I think that they are set up for him to have a better year to where he could be, he could come into the bottom of the twos next year. And then I, I agree with you on Wentz. I just have some questions about him being able to stay healthy because he hasn't been able to do that. All right. We've got to step aside momentarily. A word from our sponsors. More with Mike Sando coming up. It's funny. I just turned in an article today for Yard Barker. I started writing an article a week for them. My first article was the three most underrated quarterbacks in the league. And I kind of went from different tiers. And I took Ryan, who I kind of got on the soapbox for earlier, Dak, who I think does not get aided by scheme at all and is more accurate than people realize. And sometimes they generalize quarterbacks like him. And my third one was Mariota, but I didn't have as strong a case for him as the others. Yeah, we got to hear that on Mariota because I feel like there's Mariota fatigue. You know, it's like, oh, it's the same story every year. Right. And that was how I phrased it. And that's how I often phrase it on the air is if I were Mariota's prosecuting attorney, I'd be like, dude, you've been in the league a long time. I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> time to put people on your shoulders. You're the second pick in the draft. The talent's there. But if I'm his defending attorney, I always say, He's gone through so much scheme changes, the injuries, a lot of things outside his, you know, the supporting cast isn't great, but I like his quarterbacking skills. So if he were a stock, I'd be buying Mariota, but on the cheap. Yeah. You know who I've got a lot of calls on you. You asked earlier, Brian, about who, uh, you know, which one of these fan bases you hear a lot from and people in Chicago were appalled that Mitch Trubisky wasn't, you know, seen more favorably. And I said, well, wow. Yeah, exactly. To, to us, I mean, it's like he depends so much on his legs where you don't get respect as a quarterback unless you're passing. And then number two, they have to score about three points a game to win because of that defense. So <laughs> good luck getting a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of credit for what was going on there in Chicago. But um, there were mixed reviews on him as well. Do you, do you like his prospects? I guess not if you said, wow. I just don't trust his accuracy. I think his highs are very high and impressive. And he hasn't played a ton of uh, football either, so I'm not writing the book on the guy at all. I just don't trust him as a – the easy throws. You know, like the the throw – the layups. He needs to make more layups. Yep. That's good. I think with Trubisky there's potential to have a Goff-like career and a Goff-like year three because, like you said, he hasn't played a ton of football, so he's a little bit uh, younger in his development phase. Going into year three, I think he could have a big jump and – the team aspect, I think, plays a big role in a lot of this. So if the Bears have a run like the Rams had last year, I could see Trubisky getting a lot more love. I think it will be difficult to get in Tier 2 for Trubisky because I just don't know if they're going to put up the points that the Rams offense has. But I, I could see a little bit of a rise for Mitch Trubisky just because of how young of a quarterback he is. And going back to earlier, Mike, what you said about Darnold, I think Darnold was the number one guy I noticed on this list where I was like, okay, this could be the guy who really jumps up and could potentially be that you know, high-end franchise quarterback where right now you just don't know exactly who he is. But I'll throw one more name out to you guys that we haven't really talked about yet who's uh, somebody who uh, could go in any direction. But we've talked about earlier this week on the podcast is Lamar Jackson. He's a very different quarterback, and I bet NFL executives and coaches sort of look at him with a side-eye because he's more of a running quarterback than a passer right now. But where do you see him ending up? Yeah, because those coaches and executives, they they hate that feeling when you're down 10 points and you know your quarterback's not a comeback guy because you got to try to run. <laughs> That's why there's a bias against running if you're not a good passer. Mm. So 
to the extent that he um, grows as a pastor, there is still excitement for him. I mean, there is some excitement for him. He's at the top of tier four, which is the not enough information tier, or we don't like you. And no one's really saying we don't like you for the most part. Um, I think people are excited to see him with Greg Roman, but there's a real fear there in Baltimore that they lost a lot of veteran horsepower and leadership on the defensive side, that the defense could fall off as a result and then you're left with a quarterback who's overly reliant on running with the football in a running game, which are really great when you have a great defense like the 49ers had or Seattle had, and you can keep the score low and play a running brand of football, including with your quarterback. But it starts to get hard if you have to you know, put up more points. Um, it can get hard. So I think that's the dilemma with him and then how, how much he grows as a passer. There's some optimism, but you sort of got to see it to believe it. It's funny because it doesn't shock me at all that Lamar and Josh Allen are right next to each other on this list. And yep. and there's a lot of similarities, but I also think people lump those two together and go wrong way. I mean, they don't look the same, but there's a lot of stylistic issues. But I have a lot more faith in Lamar than I do Allen. I mean, first of all, his runners, his were designed runs. Allen's are scramble, I got nothing else to do, I'm going to tuck it and run because I'm not reading coverages right or I'm under pressure or whatever. And Jackson, at his best, and I'm talking college, was certainly more accurate than Allen. And I think Allen is a flamethrower that can't hit the strike zone. Very interesting. You're right. Their their vote distribution is almost identical. I mean, Mm. they both had 18 votes in Tier 3. One of them had 34 in Tier 4, the other 36. So... Uh, yeah, they are right there. You would rather have Lamar Jackson. Are you worried, though? I'm more worried about Lamar Jackson getting hurt than I'm Josh Allen. But yeah. I guess so. If I guess I, if I could have one guy in every game who played every game, maybe your point is that it should be Lamar Jackson. But Allen seems, I don't know, maybe seems sturdier to you. Without doubt. I mean, I, I can't argue that at all. I mean, their body types are night and day differently, and Allen is definitely sturdier. And that's that's a huge concern for Lamar. But in terms of skills. I think Lamar, I'd have more confidence in Lamar. Yeah. A lot of comparison between Josh Allen and Cam Newton just because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Carolina guys came to Buffalo and picked Josh Allen, who's a big guy who can run around. And, and uh, you know, there's debate about how good of a passer he's going to be. I have just a couple minutes here, and I kind of want to bring this full circle back to tier number one and a similar question to that I put to you guys earlier that – I wonder which one of these older top tier one quarterbacks, Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Roethlisberger, the older guys, which one's actually going to finally fall off? Or are we going to see these guys playing until they're 50? Uh, my bet my bet would be Breeze, but they do such a great job with the system and the scheme. And I just I just say that because he's sort of the smallest, slightest of those guys, right? I mean, Brady and Rodgers are, are bigger guys and Rivers and Roethlisberger, bigger guys. I thought it could be Ben Roethlisberger too. I just thought... He might get to a point where he get, if he got hurt, he you know miss time, put on a bunch of weight, and that would be it. So those would be my two guys. How about you? Um, I just saw Ben five minutes ago, and putting on weight is not the problem. I mean, that's for sure. I know, I know you don't think he's fat or anything. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. I meant if he got hurt and, and missed yeah, yeah, two yeah. months or something, would that be it? You know? <laughs> I mean, he could be 300 pounds in a heartbeat if he decided to. I mean, he is a huge human being, but he is in really good shape. But he worries me the most because I think he, of those guys – He's the worst reader of defenses, and he's the least accurate. You know, Breeze has that calling card. I mean, he was his most accurate as he ever has been last year. I mean, he is so pinpoint that I think that really 
is the trump card that keeps them in in really good shape but i also think rivers brady breeze and maybe there's another in the league weren't the same in december as they were this time of year or september so that might worry me more like if they went to an 18 game schedule those guys might fall apart like no doubt yeah i'm with you i think that was a big issue um uh rivers and breeze and Remember, Rivers is isn't he commuting from San Diego? You know, I mean, the, he's Rivers needs to to have a great plan for the season that way with his conditioning and and all of that. And I think that could help those older guys. I mean, I think it's why Tom Brady. You look at Tom Brady's mugshot in the media guide. Um, it looks better now than it did ten years ago. You know what I mean? His face is so lean. I mean, these guys are really working hard to keep playing at this age at this level. And I think for the most part, it's working, but it's still hard to do over the course of a whole year. That is Mike Sando. He is the senior writer at The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at SandoNFL. You can find his quarterback tiers and everything else coming at TheAthletic.com. Mike, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Well, that was fun. Really looking forward to our weekly conversations with Mike Sando every Thursday. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked On NFL to get those conversations and our daily looks around the league. For Matt Williamson, I am Brian Peacock. Be back tomorrow right here on Locked On NFL.